This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Enter His promise. Uh, the theme of our conference this year is entering into promise. And I, I'm trusting that this year many of you are going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to enter into the promises that God has made through you, made for you through the years, made for you through many generations. And today I have a message to unlock, I believe, this next season that we're going into. And uh, for me, Action Conference always starts on the Sunday morning, the week before action. And so we're going to lay some, some uh, plant some seeds, going to lay some groundwork for you today. But uh, before we do that, you know, you all kind of look like a, a bull at a new gate. You know, you have, what's happened to the stage? What's happened to the, the sound system? Well, we're working on all that. By, by, by action, it'll all be tweaked. It'll be perfect. Today, you're the guinea pigs, okay? <laughs> Today, you get to try, we get to try out the new sound on you. We get to try out the new stuff on you. Is that okay? Can anybody not hear today? You wouldn't raise your hand anyway, would you? <laughs> Why don't you find two or three people, give them a hug, a handshake. If they're your wife, give her a kiss. And love you. I'm glad that uh, you're all here this morning. As we approach our action conference, I believe that we have to understand that there are many times throughout the scriptures that God tried to move his people into promise. Uh, Some of you need to understand that God has always been working in our lives, in your life, to bring us into promise. Now, the promise that, Jesus, that, that God gave us is Jesus. The children of Israel are an example to us of what it means to live and live towards promise. They had a promised land. We have a promise in Christ. But God also gives us land to conquer, land that we're supposed to overcome, and land that we're supposed to inherit. He promised deliverance to the Israelites from Egypt. It took 40 years for them to finally get out of a slave mentality, okay? Because what happened to the Israelites was that they went into captivity for 400 years, but then they stayed in captivity in their minds as slavish, in a slavish mindset. Now, I I want you to understand something. You can be a born-again Christian and still be slavish in your mindset. We have many that are slavish in their mindsets. We've been studying recently the book of Kings, and uh, if you follow the pattern in the book of Kings is that God brings a righteous king, and the, the king begins to rule, and he adheres to the promises of God. 
Although most of the kings don't do all the promises of God. They adhere to most of them, but then there's always something that they leave out. It's kind of like your life. You follow God to a certain degree, and then there's certain strongholds, certain things that hold you back. Just tap your neighbor and say, I think his preaching is better than your amening this morning. And, and so you must understand something, that in every Christian's life, there are things that we still have to overcome. There's still things that are slavish or that are bondage or that are uh, places of rebellion in our lives. And God's trying to move us out of that wilderness, out of that bondage, into the promise. Each of these kings... depending on how they followed God, depending on how they led the nation, were either considered or deemed to be good kings or bad kings, righteous kings or unrighteous kings. But nonetheless, they were kings. Then we can see again the Israelites were taken into captivity. And they were taken into captivity into Babylon. And it was because of their disobedience. It was because of their rebellion. But it took them 70 years to come to the place where they could once again regain the promise. I believe that this year's Action Conference can be a time of deliverance for somebody who's been bound by bondage, the bondage of sin. I believe that this year's Action Conference can be a time of deliverance for someone who's been bound by depression. I believe that this year's Action Conference can be a turning point of deliverance for somebody who's been bound by endless battles. You know, I'm actually believing that for Celebration Church, not only the Bardell, but our whole movement, that we, I believe that we've been pursuing for the last 40 years a promise. You know, when God gave me the promise of what he would do through this ministry, I've not even seen one little bit of what I thought he told me he would, we would do. And... Since I've been here, we've had two moves of God in this country. And at one time, our church was, I believe, on the cutting edge of that move of God. And I believe we still are in many ways. But I never did see what God promised me. But never before have I sensed the anticipation and the kind of sense of excitement that I have right now. Because I sense this stirring of the Holy Spirit once again. There's something that God wants to do, and he wants to lead us into the promise. So I believe that this year is a watershed year to enter into promise. You know, we didn't just come up with that name. We believe that God's leading us and guiding us and directing us. We don't just have some cute name to put on a, a conference. Oh, let's just call it entering into promise. That sounds neat, doesn't it? No, we really believe that the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. And so if you'll do me a favor, go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. I want to use this as my text this morning. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. And uh, God wants somebody to know, maybe you're that somebody today, but God wants somebody to know, uh, and I'm going to read. It says, for thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. Now, I know we're 40 years as a church, but... I, I really grasp something in, in this Babylonian captivity. He says, after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and I'll perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, 
Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, says the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again to the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Now, my message this morning, leading up to the Action Conference, has to do with not getting comfortable in our captivity. You know, many people are comfortable in their captivity. I think another way of saying it is, and the title of my message is, you are coming out. You are coming out. Now, COVID has done something, especially for those of you that are watching by video. You've become comfortable in a form of captivity. It was designed to make us comfortable in our captivity. There is no scientific evidence that these masks work. In fact, the truth be told, the scientific evidence proves just the opposite. The size of the virus is one micron. The size of every mask, even the N95, leaves a five micron hole. Most of those little pieces of paper you wear are about 60 microns to 80 microns. The piece of cloth you wear, probably 90 to 100. And so it's like shooting BBs through a chain link fence. There's absolutely no benefit to the wearer. And there's absolutely no, because it doesn't protect you against the virus, and very little benefit to the people around us. The reason that doctors wear masks when they do operations is not for viruses, but for bacteria. Every doctor who's honest will tell you that's the truth. Every doctor that has ever studied medicine will tell you the truth. But see, we've become comfortable now in being told lies, and we believe them to be true. This is a lie. This is a lie. Just like the, the information on vaccines is not clear. These are tests. They're not proven. They're tests. Now, you have to understand something. If you get comfortable listening to people, never let somebody else build your world because they'll always build it too small. Some of you have to begin to wake up and you have to say, wait a minute, can I question? Is it okay to question? Or are you just going to be led further and further into different forms of captivity? Oh, and it's not just the captivity that comes through dis and misinformation, medical disinformation and medical misinformation. And some of this is misinformation. But there's also financial captivity. Our government can wake up. People can make decisions overnight. Oh, but now we retract them. But they don't know the damage that keeps happening. That you cannot run a nation without predictability. We are so unpredictable that nobody wants to invest here, including us. Most Zimbabweans, we're figuring out ways to get our money out of the country as fast as we can. We're trying to figure out ways to keep our money from having to get into the system because the system's so corrupt. 
But we're in captivity. We're in captivity to a set of thoughts and processes that are led by children. Not leaders. They don't care about people. They care about themselves. And it's highly evident. God wants to lead us out of captivity. Not only in the natural realm, there's spiritual captivity. We have people today that can't make decisions on their own. They have to have five prophets, two psalms, 15, uh, you know, a, a dog wakes up in the middle of the night and, and, and sings the Star Spangled Banner or something before they can make a decision. We're, we've lost our minds. Many Christians have just absolutely gone crazy. They, they no longer even know what the Bible says. They don't read the Bible. Time to go back to the Word of God. I want to help anyone who's listening to remember that God always uses the option of hope in our life. But it's a hope that can only come through the power that is not found in this world, not found in any man, not found in any person, and not found in yourself. It is the power that comes not from a person or a philosophy, or an organization, it's the power that, co- that comes through Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit. You know, there's just too many Christians, there's just too many people today that feel like giving up. Giving up on God, giving up on their marriage, giving up on fighting the depression, fighting the sickness that they're battling. Too many people that feel like just giving up because the information is just overwhelming and they, and, and they just say, well, well, whatever. Many say, well, what's the use of going to work? Doesn't pay anyway. Can't make a living. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. That attitude will never get you very far in life. God wants to give you a, a hope and a future. I want to encourage you today to turn to him, to turn to Christ. Make up your mind that you're going to put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the God of hope. The God who gives hope to the hopeless. And strength to those who are weak. Make up your mind. God will bring you out. Because he has an expected plan for your life. See, for many of you, though, you've not yet come to the point where you've allowed God to take complete control of your life. I want to give you hope. If you'll just surrender, God will lead you to the place to where you'll be able to come out of bondage. But you need to surrender. For others, you've not opened and allowed God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't fight this battle. You can't win this battle without the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he would send another comforter. He said that he would no longer be with us in person, but he would send his Holy Spirit. And he gives us the word paraclete, the word comfort. It's, it's, it's translated comforter in the Bible, but it's actually the word paraclete. And it means your comforter, your guide, your advocate, your, your, your friend. There, there, there's seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. 
How on earth can you survive in this environment? How can you survive in this world without an advocate, without a judge, without a, a, a warrior in your camp? You can't. You can't survive. If you just open your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to come in you, then you'll have the power to come out of the bondages and the fears and the things that you're experiencing. I believe that if you'll make yourselves available, not only during this message, but also during the week of action, our action conference, there's deliverance for somebody who's bound by sin. There's deliverance for somebody who's bound by depression. There's deliverance for somebody who's bound by endless battles. God wants someone to know that you need to live in expectation because the end is not yet, but he's getting ready. You need to get ready because he's bringing you out. He's bringing you out. Somebody is living in an <clears throat> unexpected ending and God is wanting you to live in an expected ending. See, without God, we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know if we're going to make it through. All we have is an unexpected ending. But God is saying to the church, and he's saying to you and I as individuals in the church that are struggling, he says we need to expect a good end. We need to expect that there's a good ending for our lives. We must allow him to do what he wants to do, and he, we must allow him to show us the way. We've been getting ready, I think you can see, it's been weeks and weeks of preparation for not only action, but our, our 40 years of celebrating 40 years of the, of the church. And, you know, we've been talking to people all over the world. And, you know, there's many people that are, are still fearful. They don't want to come back to church yet. But I'm telling you, we need to get that fear off of us. We need to come back and we need to get going. We have people coming from all over the world. They're, they don't seem to be as fearful as some of those are here in the country. We've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been preparing the building. Yesterday, I was so proud of all of our people that came out to work with Operation Nehemiah. How many of you were here yesterday? How many of you came? Just raise your hands. Is that, well, there's got to be more in the second service. Why don't you all stand up? All of you that came yesterday and helped us clean and work, just stand up. We, we, we were so proud of you. Man, I, I tell you what, I, I watched these people. They were like, they, 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 they were, I, I felt like maybe you felt like you were in bondage working for Pharaoh here, you know, but you did such a wonderful job. And I want to say thank you personally for the great work you did in cleaning and sweeping and doing all that you've done. God bless you. Amen. Not only have we been repairing the building, we've brought a new sound system, some fresh paint. Uh, we're cleaning the house inside and outside. We're, you know, doing all that we possibly can with what we have in the space that we have. We've been believing and working not only for change on the outside, not only the cosmetics, but I believe that over the last 40 days, we've been preparing for change on the inside. If you've been on our prayer watch, if you've been on our app, every day we've been giving you something to pray about, something to read, something to study to prepare you so you can be ready to enter into promise. 
Why are we doing all this? Because we believe that something good is about to happen in this place. I believe that this action conference, more than most, and almost more than any other year that we've had action, will be a watershed moment for our, hurt, for our church, in the history of our church. As we gather, and as we set this time aside to truly humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, to seek the Lord, as we congregate to open our hearts to Him and to each other, I believe that we're going to begin to move from captivity into our hope and into our promise. God has a hope and a future for you. You see, the Israelites were in bondage for 70 years. Now, this was different than their bondage in Egypt. It wasn't as difficult as the bondage in Egypt. But the problem was, they were not in the land that God had promised them. You see, God never intended for his people to stay inside of a system that was filled with corruption and greed. He didn't want them bound in a place that wasn't their own. It's time that somebody starts thinking about where they're going. Because God's getting ready to bring you out of the trial into a blessing that only he can give. God said this to Jeremiah. He sent Jeremiah to his people, and he tells his people in verse 10. Let me read it again. For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return. Return to this place. God wants us to return to a place. It may not be a physical place, but I, I believe in some cases it is. The church is a physical place, but it's a spiritual place. God's returning you to a place that you once knew. God was telling the children of Israel that there was about to be a visitation. A visitation. He's going to visit them. He's coming. He's going to lead them into a visitation. Webster defines visitation as a special dispensation of divine favor or retribution. Now, to put it plainly, it's the process of, if you're doing a visitation, it's, it's a process of going to visit somebody at their house, where they are. There was a time early in our church when I bought a boat and I thought of naming it Visitation. So when people phone the office, they could say, he's out on Visitation. But this pertains to the children of Israel, and it was more than just God coming to visit their house. In this definition, the word visitation, there's two big words, dispensation, or dis, yeah, dispensation and retribution. A dispensation is a special distribution of divine favor and divine rewards for those who will invite the visitation. See, we have to invite visitation. You have to invite God into your house. You have to invite God into your life. You have to invite God to come and, 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 and bring what he wants to bring into your life. But the converse is also true. Retribution is punishment for wrongs committed. Now, 
I know that that sounds terrible, that how, how can God be coming and bring blessing and retribution at the same time? Because that's the nature of the blessings of God. We find out that in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, all of God's promises are paradoxical. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your seed may live. But the fact of the matter is that it's before you. You get to choose life or death, blessing and cursing. And some of you have become comfortable in your captivity and you've chosen the pathway of death. So when God visits, guess what happens? It doesn't produce hope. It doesn't produce life. It just produces more death in your life. That's what scares me. You know, some people said, oh, I just want God to show up. Well, listen, every time God shows up, somebody dies. If you study the Bible, you'll find out that every prophet that came face to face with God thought he was dead. He says, I've seen God, I'm going to die. And many who did see God died. That's why none of the children of Israel wanted to go onto the mountain. They said, Moses, you go up there. You just tell us what to do. We don't want to die. And when God really does show up, if God really did come in all of his glory, anything that was unglorious, everything that was sinful would be destroyed. That's why his mercy is so great to us. That's why we come before him in a certain attitude. We come under the blood. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. There's, there's an attitude that we must come before the living God. This is not a club. This isn't something we just do. This isn't something we come to be blessed. We come to worship a living God. We come to honor a living God. And when he visits his people, he will burn the chaff out of your life. He will attack the sin. But in so doing, he'll bring you to a place of deliverance as well. I believe God wants us to get ready. I believe we've been getting ready for the last 40 days to have a visitation. I think he wants to visit us today. But I think he wants us to invite him into this place. I also believe that there are people that he wants to distribute divine favor towards and, 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 and rewards to. I think he wants to do this individually, but I also think he wants to do it corporately. Many of you, and especially those of you listening online, have been away for far too long. I want to invite you back. He wants to invite you back. God wants to meet you. He wants to bring life to you. He wants you to come home to his family. He wants you to expect a day of visitation. A day of visitation. I want you to notice this about the visitation. The visitation was some other place than where they were living. It wasn't at the house that they had made for themselves in Babylon. They had to go where God wanted them. They had to go where God set them. 
There are places where God meets us. You say, well, God will meet me anywhere. Yes, God, God meets you. But he says, you are the planting of the Lord. You are a candle set in a candlestick. A candlestick is a church. It's a local church. If you're not set in your candlestick, I can tell you right now, you're missing out on the blessing that God has for you. You need to know where God places you, where he sets you. You need to know where you are joined. You can't join a church. Did you know that? If you think you joined this church, you'll probably unjoin. The Bible says that you are joined to the body. And every joint supplies something. You can't just come here and be an idle part of this body and say, oh, I, just, I go there. You, you can't just go here. You're either joined here or you're not. If you, didn't, if you just joined, you'll unjoin. If you're joined, you'll provide something. Every joint supplies. Every part of the body has a function. It has to provide its function. Many people are not where they're supposed to be. They're not where they're supposed to be with God. They're not where they're supposed to be in the local church. In fact, there are many who are just plain living in captivity. And for some, it's a captivity of your own making. You made that captivity. You made those choices, and you're in captivity because of the decisions you made. But I believe this, if you'll invite God into your life, if you'll come and join others who are seeking a visitation, not only will he meet you, but he'll change your life. The world and the world system is corrupt. The whole world lies in darkness, the Bible says. The whole world system is corrupt. Everything is corrupt in this world system. You are in this world, but God doesn't want you to be of it. The world is out to destroy us. Our flesh is rebellious against the Spirit of God. Your flesh rebels against spiritual things. And the devil is fighting to keep you from your day of visitation. Those are the enemies of every Christian. The world, the flesh, and the devil. God gave us weapons. Weapons of warfare to counter each of those. This is that which overcomes the world, even your faith. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And we see the example of Jesus when he overcame the devil. He says, it is written, it is written, it is written. The Word of God is the only thing that will overcome the devil in your life. The devil's fighting to keep you from your day of visitation. If he can keep you from a day of visitation, then he's prevailed in your life. 
But I know this, 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've overcome the world. You've overcome the flesh. You've overcome the devil by the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. If you allow that spirit to rise up on the inside of you, you will be victorious. So this action conference is your opportunity, your chance to receive something from God that you've been needing for a long, long time. Amen. I, I'm encouraging you, and especially those that are not here today, to make time. Make time to attend. Get yourself ready. Because if you will, you can allow room for a visitation because you're coming out. Today, in, the, in, in, the, in the today's English version of the Bible, I'd like to just read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. God has a plan for your life, something he's put in your heart that you hope for, and he says it's not for disaster. He says it's for your prosperity. God always has a plan for our lives. You may have come to this church, or maybe you're hearing this message online or as a recording. And yes, maybe you've been planning to come to the church for some time, or maybe it's just a spur-of-the-moment decision that you're here. You, you don't even know why you're here. Or maybe you, you plan to listen, or maybe you just landed on this message. Regardless of how you got here, God knew exactly what he was doing. God wasn't taken by surprise. God's trying to get into your heart. He's trying to get into your mind. He's trying to get into your will. He's trying to help lead you out of your bondage and into a promise. See, I believe that you're here and you're listening to this message because God wanted you here. God wanted you to hear this message so that you can move into a closer relationship with him. His plan is working to bring you hope, to bring fruitfulness into your life, into your future, to, th to give you a future you'd always hoped for. Now, I'm talking about the future of righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. See, the only way that you can be righteous, the only way that you can have peace, and the only way you can have joy is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we as Celebration Ministries in particular, and you and I as individuals uh, in general, we need to have a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. How many of you could use a little more righteousness? How about a little bit more peace? How about a little bit more joy? Well, those things are not destinations, they're dispositions. They're dispos the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is not a destination. It's a disposition. It's the disposition of a man's heart. What's your disposition today? Is it full? If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have peace. If, it's not, if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have joy. If, you don't, if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you're not righteous. Because we're made righteous through Christ. 
the only way that we can have righteousness, joy, and peace is to leave our captivity in Babylon, to leave the bondage of sinful, to repent of our sins, to enter into the kingdom of God. We all know that the kingdom of God is not this physical destination that so many talk about. Come here. The Bible warns us. He says if, he, if they say that Jesus is in the wilderness, don't go there. If they say he's in the city or he's in the temple, don't go there. Why? Because we know that Christ abides in us. It's a disposition of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And this only occurs when we're full of the Holy Ghost. I actually believe this, that, that most people who believe or claim to be born again and are not happy, if you're born again, you say you're born again, but you're not happy, then I believe that you're in some kind of a religious bondage. This action conference, some need to be delivered from the bondage of being religious. Religious bondage is when somebody is claiming to be spirit-filled, but never renews what's in them. They're living in some weird past experience. They don't speak in tongues anymore. They just speak a memorized tongue that they memorized somewhere a long time ago. It's not issuing, it's not a river of living water flowing out of you. It's just something that you've memorized. Sounds the same every single time. It's when we do things outwardly that are not necessarily convictions inwardly. See, we all need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's the only way that you can come out. Jeremiah prophesied these words in Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. He says, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. You see, it's not enough to call upon the Lord alone. Merely calling on the name of the Lord isn't good enough because the Bible says you must search for him with all of your heart. I believe that today and throughout our action conference, our Heavenly Father is looking for somebody He's looking for a church. I don't think it's wrong for us to remember what he's done for us over the past 40 years. I think it's important that we recall our past victories. That we, record, we recall his goodness towards us. Both individually and as a church. I also believe it's a time, though, for us to forget some of the things in our past. We need to release certain people. We need to repent from some issues and some occurrences of this past season, this past year, this past week. And we need to search for him with all of our hearts. You see, Jeremiah was telling the children of Israel to prepare Prepare yourselves to come out, to come out of bondage, to come out of the bondage that you've become accustomed to. During our action conference, 
beginning today, I believe that I'm preaching to many who've accepted their bondage as a part of their walk with God. They've excused their sinfulness as, well, this is just the way it is. They say things like, well, we all have our weaknesses. Or, it's okay, God loves me as a sinner. He just hates my sin. You know, that's one of the biggest lies in the Bible. God not only hates the sin, he hates the sinner. You can't keep on sinning and God love you. God is holy. He hates sin. And he'll work with you. He'll love you. But he hates the sinner who keeps sinning. It's not God's will that you stay in bondage. The delivering power of Jesus Christ is always available. But you have to understand, you cannot get delivered until you get fed up with being in bondage and being under the thing that's plaguing you. Let me just read one, close, one closing verse of Scripture. In John chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and I'm going to read in the today's English version. It says, there was a Jewish leader named Nicodemus who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. One night he went to Jesus and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher sent by God. No one could perform the miracles you are doing unless God were with him. Jesus answered, I'm telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a grown man be born again, Nicodemus asked. He certainly cannot enter into his mother's womb and be born a second time. I'm telling you the truth, Jesus replied, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. A person is born physically of human parents, but he is born spiritually of the spirit. Do not be surprised because I tell you that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. It is like that with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be? asked Nicodemus. Jesus answered, You're a great teacher in Israel and you don't know this? I'm telling you the truth. We speak of what, is, of what we know and we report what we've seen, and yet none of you is willing to accept our message. You do not believe me when I tell you about the things of this world. How will, it, will you ever believe me when I tell you about the things of heaven? Can I tell you something? If you're looking for a natural deliverance, if you're looking for something in the natural, you're going to miss this thing. You must be born of water and of the Spirit. The new birth is a coming out experience. This morning and throughout our action conference, I believe it's your opportunity to come out and to get back where you belong. Some of you need to come out for the first time. You've been playing church for so long, you don't even, you think you're saved, you're not. You're not saved, you just come to church. 
You're playing some kind of a religious game. You've been religiously held in bondage. When's the last time you felt conviction? When's the last time you pursued God with your whole heart? There's others. You became comfortable in church. Just church. It's okay, I go to church. It's not about going to church. It's about coming out. Come out of your bondage. Come out of your comfort zone. Serve God with your whole heart, your whole mind. Seek him with all your heart. Think about, for those of you that were born again, that are born again, but think about those days when God meant everything to you. And today, where is he? This is your season to come out. He has a hope for you. He has a future for you. It's time for us all to do what's necessary to come out. I'm encouraging you, especially those online. Action starts Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I'd like to see a full auditorium. Build to Thursday night to overflow rooms. And by Friday and Saturday, well, I don't know what we'll do, but we'll put you in tents. We'll put you wherever we need to. But it's time for Zimbabwe to arise. It's time for us to get back on our feet. It's time for us to let God move. Let our enemies be scattered. Are you ready? So today as we close this meeting, wherever you're at, whether you're online, whether you're here, if you've not made a commitment to Christ, today's your day to do so. So I'm going to ask all of you, just wherever you're at, stand up. Everybody just stand. Those of you online, just think deeply about what you're doing. If you've never made a commitment to Christ online, there's a telephone number on that screen right now. Make that commitment right now. Pick up your phone, phone that number, and talk to one of our counselors on the other side of that phone. They'll lead you in a prayer. They'll tell you how to make a step towards God, to seek Him with your whole heart. If your heart's being touched right now, act. Don't sit there, act. For those of you that haven't been in church for a while, get into church. For those of you that are part of this family, it's time to come home. For those of you that don't have a church family, it's time for you to come home. We'll see you this week in action. For those of you standing here today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've not really given your heart to God, if you've never sought him with your whole heart, then today's your day. Wherever you're at, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I've never really given my life to Christ. Or I've played church, but I've never really given my life to Christ. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to come out of your bondage. I want you to come out of your sin. Amen. I want you to come out of your sin. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand. Is there anybody else? Amen. Is there anybody else? Look, we, we love you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to help you. We're held, I'm here to say this, that one of the hardest things we have to do is to face ourselves. We, we live in a really weird world right now where many Christians think you can sleep with each other and still come to church and God doesn't 
care. He does care. We have many people today that think you can just live like the world. And, 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 but he says, no, come out from amongst them. It's time for us to start coming out from amongst them. Separate ourselves from them. We have men that have become predators against young girls in the church. We have women that have become predators against men in the church too. This is a sickness. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. If you need to repent from sin today, if you need to repent and say, I need a visitation from God, then let's get a visitation. But visitations don't come half-hearted. Your whole heart, your whole mind, all of our strength says, God, I want you with everything I've got. Wednesday night, I hope every one of you are back here saying, I want 100% of God, and I'm going to give him 100% of myself. Amen? Some of you need to repent. So if you raised your hand, or if you should have raised your hand, at the close of this service, I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you. Our pastors will be here. But I want you to be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. You were all born of water. I know that because I study anatomy. And you had to come through the breaking of your mother's water. You came through her womb. We were all born naturally. But you must be born again. That's spiritual. That's your choice. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for each and every one here today. I ask you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to descend upon this church. Father, we do seek a visitation. We've been praying. We've been interceding. And now we're asking, Lord, that you would deliver us from our sinfulness, deliver us from our weaknesses and our sickness, our bondage, the bondage that we've loved even, the bondage that we've embraced, that we're comfortable in. Father, remove it far from us today. Remove us far from it. We turn to you today with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and all of our strength. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.